know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. And I'd rather be with uh, believers than anybody in the world. You know, when you're around believers and they say good things and they speak words of life, you know, it just encourages you. And often that's what I tell people about my ministry. I don't feel like I'm a great teacher. I don't feel like I'm a prophet. I just feel like I'm an encourager. And that's what God has called me to do. He's called me to encourage people to uh, just, you know, be blessed of the Lord. And, uh, and if I encourage them, I feel like I'm doing my job. And, and it's not a job, it's a call, and it's something I love. I love to spend time studying the Word, preaching the Word, and ministering the Word. But I thought I'd do something just a little bit different. I don't normally do this, but I thought I'd just do a little bit different today and see if I could create a little bit of humor here. Um, there was um, a clinky lady, you know, she uh, was arrested for shoplifting at a grocery store. <clears throat> She really gave everybody a hard time, you know, from the manager, the security guard, the arresting officer, and uh, she was just criticizing everybody. And you know the reason I'm bringing this up, <clears throat> I just believe God wants us to have good attitudes. God wants us to uh, smile a lot. God doesn't want us to be mad and angry at everything. Anyway, she appeared before the judge, and the judge asked her what she had stolen from the store. And she said... Uh, real defiantly, just a stupid can of peaches. And the, just, the judge asked her, he said, why had she done it? She said, well, I was hungry and I forgot to bring any money to the store. The judge said, how many peaches was in the can? She said, nine. He said, uh, she said, uh, uh, but well, why do you care about that? And the judge answered patiently and and he said, well, ma'am, because I'm going to give you nine days in jail, one for each peach. <laughs> but her husband's sitting in the back and stood up and he said, your honor, could I say a word? And he said, yes, you may. He said, she also stole two cans of peas. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm telling you, you never know, huh? But when you hear stuff like that or read it, I don't know where I got it, but um, God wants us to be nice to people, amen? And I like being nice. Well, let's, let's go to prayer and ask God's blessings here on the message today. Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for your goodness and your blessings here in this room today, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that each person that's in this room, those that would be viewing by the internet, wherever they are in the world, I pray that you will touch them and let this message minister. Anoint me to speak your words and bring forth this message the way you want it brought forth. And I pray, Lord, that it will touch someone's heart, that they will be better at what we're talking about today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, today I've, I've put a lot of time thinking about this particular subject matter, and I'm talking about the power of a seed. And um, as I get into this, and then as I go further, I hope I can finish today, because I'm going to start one way and end another. But 
It's God's plan for us to live a fruitful and enjoyable life. In other words, it's God's will for you and me to thrive and not just survive. Everybody say, I want to thrive, not just survive. And see, I don't believe God wants us to have just enough, but I believe God wants us to have more than enough. You know, I don't like living with just enough. I like living with more than enough. Now, I'm not just talking about money. It's okay to talk about money in church. I know some people doesn't think so, but it's okay to talk about money. Sometimes people don't want you to talk about money in church, but as soon as you get out of here, you're going to spend some money. If you go out to eat, you're going to spend some money. So if you put gas in your car, you're going to spend some money. No matter what you do every day, one way or the other, you spend some money. So I don't know why it's so bad to talk about money. You know, you could go to the restaurant and they bring you the bill and you say, oh, I don't want to talk about money. Talk. Well, that, that, that's not going to work. Uh, you got to have some money when you go to the word, you, to, uh, to uh, work. And uh, I'm seeing Al, you know, I, I, I've got mine. I don't have it in my pocket today. But God wants us to have extra. I don't know, David, if you can see that or not. But God wants us to have extra. I preached on this, and I made these little cards. And then I preached on favor. And I, I, I carry this all the time in my wallet, but it's not in there this morning. I don't know what I did. But God wants us to have extra in our life, and he wants us to have favor in our life. Thank you. I hadn't planned to say that, but that... That helped me out there a little bit. Hey, you, got it. you wanted that back. See, now again, I'm not apologizing about the money, but I am wanting you to know that I'm not just talking about money. Um, I'm talking about love. I'm talking about joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and good health. When we got these things in our life, this makes our life a whole lot more better. And if we're thriving, we can sow more good seeds, and you can love. If you're thriving in love, you can love. You can sow uh, kindness, goodness, forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. Forgiveness. And you know that somebody said you can sow forgiveness. Yep, you sure can. You can also sow anger. You know, when your kids come up, and many of them come up, where, where does a lot of that anger come from? From the parents that was angry in front of them, and so they sowed the spirit of anger, and those children come up with the same rebellion and anger that was sowed into them. You can sow strife. You can sow discord. But I pray that you're going to learn how to sow only good seeds so that you'll always be producing a good harvest. Now, we should learn to be more seed conscious than need conscious. Most of us, most of us become more need conscious than we are seed conscious. But if you'll think about that phrase right now that God wants us, you know, because we all have needs, don't we? Uh, but if we sow, uh, if we sow, then the seeds that we sow will help meet the needs. But again, if we just 
think about our needs all the time instead of thinking about sowing seeds, we're going to stay in a state of mind and in a state of need rather than having the uh, harvest that we need and that God intends for us to have. See, one of the things that I want to see throughout this year is I want to see people uh, or believers, I should say, experience being more attentive to the Spirit of God and having Him flowing through their life and not be so connected to the carnal world and pursuing things. Now, again, I'm never against things. You know, I've got on nice a pair of clothes today. I got on nice clothes today. I drive a nice car. Uh, we just got back from a few days off. Um, we live in a nice home. And so I'm, I, I don't want you to ever think that I'm against things. But, it, but when we pursue things rather than pursuing Jesus, that's when we get... That's when we get off base. God does not want us just pursuing things. He's got more things that he can give us if we'll allow him to. But when we get things minded instead of God minded, that's when we get ourselves in trouble. But I want to see people more attentive to God's word. And I want to see them producing the things that I just mentioned above. Love, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and the power of God. Now, let me get into... The scripture reading that I want to start with today, and it's a familiar chapter with me and many of you today, it's out of the New King James Version, Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 9. And it says, uh, as you're turning over there, if you got your Bibles or if you got your phone or your pad, whatever it is, and you that's watching, it's up there on the board, uh, on the screen rather, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed, that some fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was dried up, when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew and choked it out and yielded no crop. But other fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he said to them, He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, we, we see the parable of the sower here. But one of the things he finished this with is, He that hath ears to hear let him hear now I think when we read something like that we need to really we're all of the Bible matter of fact but uh, one of the things that we really need to be aware of is is we need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and if we'll hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying I mean really hear listen to God the, 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 it started out uh, this particular version says listen so if, if we'll just listen or hear the word of God, then our life will be better because if, if and the Bible says not be hearers only, but be doers. So if we'll be hearers and doers of the word of God, our life will become more enjoyable. It'll become more profitable, not just for us, but for the people that we're around. Now, one of my responsibilities or my main responsibility is to teach the word. And I do my best anytime that I'm speaking privately or publicly is to speak life. I don't want to ever speak death. Jesus said in John 6, 63, he said, the 
words that I speak, they are spirit and life. Now, I, I want my words to have life in them, no matter where I am or no matter who I'm talking to. I want to speak life, not death. And I do my best always to speak by sowing, saying words that I sow good seeds. Everybody say, sow good seeds. Sow good seeds. I want my words, when they come out, I want them to have value. I want them to have power in life, not power in death. You know, the Bible says there's power of death and life in the tongue. So what are you going to bring out of your mouth? Are you going to bring out death or are you going to bring out life? Well, the Bible said from the abundance of the heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. However, uh, as I speak God's word, I can't determine what happens to the word or the seed that comes out of my mouth to someone else uh, when I'm speaking life. I can't determine that only the listener can determine what they will do with what they have heard from the Word of God. Their, their, uh, their, their, their heart will determine what they will do, whatever the soil of your heart is. See, the parable uh, mentions four different places the seed was sown. <clears throat> One was the wayside, and you know, the wayside is where people walk, and when people walk on the wayside, the, the ground gets hard, and so the Bible said that the birds came and ate it up. And then it's the, the second one was stony ground. Well, stony ground means there's not much, much earth there, and... Uh, and then the uh, uh, third one was the among the thorns, which uh, it, it was sown. And the seed in this parable is the word of God, and the soil is your heart. So let me ask you this morning: What is the condition of your heart at the moment to receive God's word in your life? What is it? Are you are you on? Uh, are you like one that was on the wayside? It, that with the hard soil or stony ground with not much soil. Um, but when I ask these questions, I, I just ask the question because however your heart is, that's how it, it will either repel or receive the goodness of God. Now, the ones, as I said, that were sown on stony ground, the wayside and, and stony ground uh, uh, had hard soil. And these... Uh, the one sown on stony ground didn't have much soil. They represent the people who hear quickly the word of God, but quickly lose it because they don't have any root. They don't have any roots. See, many people, as I said, they have just enough faith to get themselves in trouble. So uh, that's why I think it's important for us not just to hear Sunday morning and not just depend on me putting the scriptures on the screen, you know, but take the word of God, write the notes, go home and meditate in those scriptures again and again and again and again and again. Don't just take my word or just get a Sunday morning, uh, uh, don't just get a Sunday morning blast, because if you get a Sunday morning blast and that's all you get, it's like the, the ones on stony ground, it'll, it'll come up real quick. But it won't last long because there's no depth there. God wants you to have depth. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the, is your heart... Uh, I pray that you're not like the ones that um, was allowed to uh, grow up in the thorns, you know, because the ones that grew up in the thorns, the Bible said they were choked out. 
But I want you to have a heart of, of, of reception today so that when the seed is sown, you can bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. You can be a light. <laughs> Everywhere you walk, you can walk in the goodness and the blessings of God. Everywhere you walk, the light is shining out of you because your heart has good soil. And you say, come on, Jesus, speak to me, talk to me. Uh, as I read your word, I, wanna, I want your word to take root in my heart because I want to be more like you. See, the one uh, where that, uh, that was planted among the thorns, it represents the cares of this world or the cares of this life, however, and desiring the things of the flesh and the deceitfulness of riches. And one of the things that I see in the church today, not throwing stones, only telling you, one of the things that I see in the church today is... Uh, uh, People allowing the things of this world to choke out the word of God. They have, they have so many other things on their mind. And they let the, uh, the things of the, the, the world choke out the, the goodness of God. Now, care. Uh, the, the, this, it mentions care. The cares of this world. Well, care does not only have to be deceitfulness of riches or it doesn't have to only be lustful things. It can be fear. It can be worry. It can be job. It can be bills. Pressure, anger, strife, thinking negative and living negative. And see, many times pressure from bills or debts cause people to give up. I see so many people today that, you know, think they... You know, they've heard the message of prosperity and, and they, they go do stuff that's foolish. I, I think it was Fred Price that wrote a book, uh, Foolishness or Presumptions. And, and, and you know, um, what was it? Faith, foolishness, and presumption. And, and you know, many times people think they have faith, but they, they haven't received the seed in their heart. They had never taken root. And, and as I said, many times pressure from bills cause people to give up. Sometimes people overload themselves with debt and they buy things they just can't afford. I'm talking about Christians now. And they're thinking this is prosperity. Somebody will come in and say, look at my new car. Well, they got seven years of payments with interest rates of 12 and 13%. Now, that's not prosperity. That's, that's pressure. That's pressure. See, debt can be a horrible thing. Now, I, I tell you, I had a little, I'm going a little sideways and up and down here a little bit to get to where I want to go today. But the Bible says in Proverbs that the borrower is a slave to the lender. So when you overload yourself with debt, when you know you can't pay it, when you overload yourself with debt, when you know you can't pay it, you know what you do? You put yourself in bondage and you become a slave to the finance company, the mortgage company, or whatever. Just like people, you know, years ago when the interest rates, you know, was really down and whatever, people would go out and buy these big houses. And, and you know, when the interest rates changed and when the market changed, they couldn't have them. They couldn't afford them. Well, you know, God didn't bless those people with those houses. They just made some bad choices. 
Now, let me tell you something here. I don't think I've ever said this before in my life, but debt can come from a spirit. A spirit of desiring things rather than desiring God. And when you get this desire inside you, you know, it causes people to make bad decisions and want things and buy them on the credit and run up their credit cards uh, with high interest rates. And it's, and it's a spirit, it's a compulsion to just keep buying when they know they can't pay. Somebody said, what's that got to do with seed? I'm on my way, so hang in there. And they borrow money to live on. It's not God's will for you to go borrow money to live on. I mean, all of us have gone through times that we've had to make some adjustments and do some things in our life. And so I'm not saying it's wrong to borrow money. I'm not saying it's, it, it, it's wrong to, to have credit cards because I have a wallet full. I've got a wallet full of credit cards. And... Uh, that's all that's in here. I don't have any pictures of my beautiful wife or my grandchildren or my children's or anything like that. But <clears throat> I, I just got all credit cards. But you know what? These credit cards never rule me. These, these, these I mean, I can go in stores and see something I want. But you know what? And I could, I could buy it with any one of these cards in here. But just because I can buy it with this card means I'm going to have to pay for it. So these cards does not rule me. I rule the cards. Amen. See, because I love Jesus. Now, one of the things, you know, one of the things people do too, they'll, they'll, they'll get themselves in debt. And then, you know, they'll get one credit card to pay off that credit card. And then when the end comes, they get another credit card to pay off that credit card. And then they'll go get another credit card to pay off that credit card. So I said, well, now, Pastor, can you just get out of that? I will in a minute. I will in a minute. You know, uh, debt drives and controls people and keeps them from the peace of God and from being obedient to God. They can't give to God and to others because they're yoked with debt. And, and I, 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 I read this somewhere, and I don't know if I'm exactly right or not, but it's, I, I heard that our national debt increases $2.6 million every 60 seconds just through interest. Our national debt. And see, many people don't really realize how we need to learn to trust in God instead of our uh, economy or our senators and Congress people and president. I mean, I appreciate our president, and um, and you that don't appreciate the president, why don't you start praying for him? Anyway. Uh, I won't get into that right now, but let me just repeat. I'm praying for you and me to be more seed conscious than need conscious. I like to repeat that several times today. We should be aware and conscious. We should be more aware uh, of what's going on in our world and be more conscious of sowing seeds than our needs. See, we should be aware that 
Sowing seeds with words, our attitude towards others, our church attendance, tithing and giving. And, and remember that everything we do is a seed. Everything you do is a seed. Now we know Galatians 6 and 7 says, Whatever you sow, you will reap. And if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap uh, corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. So again, what are you sowing? Now, <laughs> I, 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 I've lived 76 years now. And all of my 76 years, I've never seen such challenging times that we live in today. I believe these are the most challenging times. Our world is divided because so many bad seeds have been sown in the world. And now what's happening in these challenging times, we're reaping the results of the bad seeds that have been sown. You know, years ago when one woman took prayer out of school, uh, we know what happened. I won't go into all of that, but that's when the, the abortion rate began to go up. And isn't it sad what happened in New York? Isn't it sad that they can kill a child? You know, it's really something. See, our country is so in a mess. You can go commit murder and go to prison, but you can murder a child right before it's born, the day before it's born. You can murder that child and you're okay. It's just abortion. No, it's murder. Well, I didn't plan to bring that in. but Anyway, even though our world is in the condition it is in, did you know that you can live from your seed rather than from what's going on in the world? You're just looking at me now. I want to say it again. You can live from your seed rather than the conditions of the world. And see, so many people worry about the world. I don't worry about what's going on in politics. I don't worry about what's going on in the economy. I pray about it, but I don't worry about it because I'm a seed planter. I'm a seed sower, and I'm going to live from my seed, not from what's going on in the world. Is anybody here? And so this is why I say, we should be more seed conscious than need conscious. See, the world is not our home. We're just passing through. Isn't that wonderful? See, some people act like and live like this is, this is going to be forever. This is, you know, this, this is, you know, some people make it to 112. Some make it to 115. Uh, some people make it to 100. Some don't. But you know what? This is just, we're just strangers here. So why don't we just enjoy God and do what he says because what we do down here determines what our next life is going to be. So we're really just living as a seed the whole time we're here for the life to come. Now, Genesis 1, 11 through 13. I'm going to read this out of the Living Translation and it said, let the earth burst with every sort of grass and seed-bearing plant and fruit trees with seeds inside the fruit so that these seeds will produce the kind of plants and fruits they come from. And it was so, and God was pleased. This all occurred 
on the third day. Now, I could really get into this part of my message here. I'll, I'll just kind of skim along because it's too much to get into. But I want you to notice it was the third day when God created the seed. It was not the fourth day. It was not, it was not the seventh day. And he created the seed before he created man. Before he made man. So think about it. It was the third day when he created the seed. And it, and it wasn't just a seed that God created. It was a seeding seed. In other words, it was a seed to give perpetual life. God put power in that seed so that that seed could keep producing a harvest. You know, uh, my wife has me grow some little stuff in our backyard. She's Italian and she likes certain little herbs and stuff. And, and you know, one of the things that we grow is basil. Well, I go out there and I, you know, I got me a basil plant several times. There's several of them. But you know, they'll, they'll grow and then they have seeds on them. And those seeds will fall into the ground. And sometimes it, that, that, that plant because of the cold dies but the next year I go out and I go buy me a basil plant but I look and I see a little I see a little leaf coming out of the ground the seeds from that other basil plant fell off because there was life in that seed and when the sun came when the rain came the fertilizer in the ground there brought that brought life to that seed and it begins to grow so God when he made a seed he knew what he was doing it was a seed let me say it again to give perpetual life. God put power in that seed to keep producing a harvest. So start thinking more about your seeds. Uh, now, uh, a few years ago, they was excavating King Herod's pleasure palace. And when they were, when they were excavating this palace, they found a palm seed from a palm tree, a palm seed that was 2,000 years old. Some of you might have read about that. They found a seed that was 2,000 years old. Everybody say 2,000. That's a long time, isn't it? That's a long time. Well, that seed was 2,000 years old. Guess what? They planted that seed. And when they planted that seed, it grew a palm tree, a date palm tree. It was a date seed is actually what it was. And, and they planted it and it grew a date palm tree. So I'm talking about the power that God put in a seed. So when we speak God's word, the devil, and we know, and, and, and we really believe it in our heart and we speak it, the Bible said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. God wants us to realize who we are and the power that he has put on the inside of us instead of us being controlled by the spirit of the world, we need to be controlled by the spirit 
Spirit of God that lives and abides on the inside of us. We're, we're flesh and blood, but on the inside we have a spirit given by God. And when we're recreated, our DNA becomes God's DNA. And we have more power in this earth and more power in this world than we than we recognize because we're so caught up many times with the need. My need, my need, my need, my need. We all hurt. We all have pains. We all have go through things. But God also gave us a seed. Amen? Amen. See, we should give more attention to what we do with our seeds. Uh, Wilson, I got a plate on my desk, on her desk in there. Would you go get that? See, I want to show you something here real quickly if I can. But before I show you this, let me just say this to you. God put three things in a seed. God put three things in a seed. That seed has the ability to die, the ability to resurrect, and the ability to multiply. Three things. A seed has to put it in the ground, it has to die, then it has to come to life, be resurrected, and then that seed multiplies. Isn't that powerful? Three things. Now, Wilson's going to bring me a, a, a little tray of fruit in here, and I, 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 I want to show you something here. I have a... Um, um, Papaya, I don't know about you, but I love papaya. But you open up this papaya, and it has one of the most amount of seeds of any fruit. Now, I won't cut this because it would really get messy, and and I don't see any cloth or anything to wipe myself with, so I won't cut this one to make a mess in here. But when you take the seeds... See, most of the time when we cut these and we eat them, we throw the seeds away. But, uh, and that's a natural thing to do because we don't eat the seeds. We plant the seeds. See, in this papaya is life for another multitude of papayas. Now, uh, if you'll come up here and help me just a little bit. I'd appreciate it. Just stand up here with me, if you will. Now, we can cut this apple. And when we cut this apple, what do we have? We have seeds. Isn't that amazing? Now, this apple has seeds in it. This papaya has seeds in it. See, all fruit have the same, same things in common. They have seeds for what? To reproduce. Now, we throw the seeds away because we leave it to the farmer and to the apple growers and all of them. And we go to the market and we buy, we buy apples and we don't think about the seeds. Then you can look here at the lemon. You know, too many of us don't don't like lemons I guess unless you use them to squeeze on something to give it a little flavor but what happens to the lemon 
If you look in there, the lemons have seeds. Oh, look at this one, though. Look at this little kiwi plant, this little kiwi fruit. And by the way, um, this is really good for you. If you don't eat kiwi, that's really good for you. But you do eat these seeds. I think I'll just, no. <laughs> now, um, Wilson has cut this. Wow, look at that. Look at the seeds that's in this papaya. Look at the seeds. That the, and, and Wilson, would you get me a paper towel that's a little bit damp? Uh, look at the seeds that's in this papaya. See, I, 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 I really like papaya. I like lemon in certain places, on certain things. I love kiwi. I love apples. And, and I'm a lover of fruit. But I'm conscious when I'm eating fruit that there's seeds in there. Somebody planted a seed. Now, you can put this seed through a microscope, this apple seed, and when you put this, you know, I can count the seeds that's in this apple, and you can take it and put it through a microscope, but you can't see the power in this seed through a microscope. No matter how big that microscope is, but God, the seed is small. The seed is small. Think about a tomato seed, of how small a tomato seed is. Now, I, I, I brought this, thank you, dear. I, I brought this stuff here to you this morning just as a little illustration to help you see that we need to give more time and more attention to how we live our life, uh, how we're serving God. How we plant seeds because there's always going to be a harvest. Galatians, I just read it to you. There's always going to, or quoted it to you. There's always going to be a harvest of some kind when a seed is planted. So God didn't just make the fruit. God made the seed. See, the greatest minds in the world cannot produce a seed that will produce a harvest. As I said, they can put it under a microscope. Scope, but they can't see the apples that will come from the seed when it's planted. Isn't that amazing? We can count the seeds, but we can't count the apples that will come from the seed. We can count the apples. We can count the seeds in the lemon. We can, we can take enough time and count all the seeds that's in the papaya. Uh, what was the other fruit? Pomegranate. Uh, all the seeds that's in a pomegranate. If you ever think about it when you're eating a pomegranate, somebody says, well, I don't eat it. Well, you know, I do. That's all it is, the seeds. <laughs> and, and, you know, you eat that pomegranate, but you can take one of those seeds out and think about what will happen. Uh, pomegranates will start growing. I don't have corn seeds here with me, but, you know, you can plant corn seeds. And, you know, a, a, a stalk uh, you can plant one seed and a stalk of corn will come up and it'll have two ears on it but it'll have hundreds of kernels on it wow isn't this something now seed is an amazing and we need to understand the power in a seed now I want to ask you a question here did you know that God didn't speak to the garden of Eden and tell it to produce 
You know what God did? God created the seed in Genesis chapter 1 uh, on the third day. He created the seed on the third day. But in Genesis 2, 8 and 9, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man he had formed and out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Now, God didn't speak to the garden like he said, let there be light. Let the waters divide from the, from the land. God spoke everything into existence. He put man, uh, you know, he took man and formed him. And he breathed into him the breath of life. But you know what God did? God just went out, took those seeds, and backed up his word and planted a garden. God planted a garden. He didn't speak a garden. He planted a garden. You know, I had never seen this before. I'd never seen this before. This is this is amazing. That God, I mean, I've read this, as I said, we're reading through the Bible again this year. I've read through the Bible over 50 times. Uh, but you know what? I saw this, that God planted a garden. God took the seeds that he had created on the third day. On the third day, and he planted the seeds. And God gave man anything he'd ever need or want. And he placed the tree in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge uh, of good and evil. And God told them to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Told them to eat of the tree of knowledge. But he said, I mean, he told them to eat of the tree of life. But don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because there's bad seed there. There's bad seed. If you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, those, that fruit has seed in it, and that seed will produce death. Come on. Isn't God brilliant? I mean, the Bible's got so much good stuff in it. Oh, I hadn't even looked at my time. Anyway. My timer, I got that timer up there. I'll try to get through it. Anyway, we know the story. And we know what happened. We know that Adam and Eve ate the bad seed. So when they ate the bad seed, they died spiritually. They didn't die naturally, but they died spiritually. And they began to die each day they were pronounced now their bodies to die because they ate the bad seed. Now, God created the seed on the third day, and he planted that seed in Genesis 2.8, as I said. And it's interesting to notice in John 19.41. Think about this. John 19.41, it says this. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. There was a garden. Now, God planted a garden, but here we see another garden. And what happened in the Garden of Eden, what happened in the Garden of Eden 
was reversed at Calvary. When man ate the bad seed, God reversed it in the garden. And what happened on the third day? What happened on the third day? God doesn't do anything by coincidence. God doesn't do anything by See, the first seed was created on the third day. And then there would... There, was, there would be another seed that God would plant in the womb of a virgin. And that seed would have the ability to die, to resurrect, and multiply. Jesus was born, of course, from that seed of the Holy Ghost. I don't know. I don't know if you realize or not, but folks, we're not just, just human beings bumming around here waiting to die. We're heirs of God, joint heirs of Jesus Christ. God's life lives in us. God planned us before the foundation of the world. And we need to realize we're not here just this morning in the chapel and me preaching to people around the world. We're not here just to be going through the motions of religion. We're not here just to have something to do on Sunday. But we're here talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Almighty God that loves you with everything in His being. And He's made a way for you to live in this life and the life to come. Amen. I'll tell you, I am so stirred up. I am so stirred up. I just believe that we need to start planting the right kind of seeds. And I believe the power of God. I believe the power of God as it was on the day of Pentecost in the early church. When things happened, when the eyes of the blind was opened, the deaf. Somebody said, those days are gone. We won't see them again. Well, I'll tell you, you can say that if you want to. But I'm planting the seed. Revival is here. Revival is here. God has not died his word has not died he is alive he's alive forevermore and, and let us let us begin to get our mind off of need and begin to get on our mind on we are a seed of God we're the seed of God we can multiply we can produce a revival can bring a, a, a great change in our world and I want to be a part of it See, Jesus was a seed that God brought into the world to restore man's relationship with God. Whew. See, God knew sin. God knew man would sin in the garden. And He planned from the beginning to restore man. God made man and put him in the garden. And somebody said, well, why did he do that if he knew he was going to sin? Ask God. I'm not God. But he has given me some revelation. Amen. But you know what? God loved man that he created and he made a way for him. See, in the Old Testament, what would happen when they came together on the great day of atonement? They would make a blood sacrifice or an animal would be sacrificed the the first would be sacrificed and what was it it was an offering 
Their sins could not be forgiven. They would be covered for a year. But that offering was looking towards the cross. That offering that they gave, that seed, that animal was a seed. Jesus was a seed. That animal represented the Christ that was coming. The seed that was coming. So when they, they slayed an animal or came forgiveness of sins or all kinds of different offerings in the Bible when they brought those. And, and let me tell you something. You can read where they'd bring a thousand at a time and, and more. To them, this was a serious thing. When Saul uh, was looking for the animals and they ran into Samuel or they was looking for Samuel, the guy with him says, let's take him something. Let's take him something. They knew how important seed was. And we see later that they found Samuel. They sowed a seed into him and Samuel anointed Saul to be king. See, the Old Testament people, when they came to God and always brought an offering, it was a blood sacrifice because they knew their sins would be covered. But when Jesus came and Jesus died and was resurrected, we're now multiplied over and over again. We're forgiven of our sins. They're not just covered. Isn't that awesome? Jesus came as a seed. He was broken. He was bruised for our sickness and was acquainted with grief and sorrow for you and me. And once again, let me remind you, the offerings in the Old Testament represented the lamb who would be the seed offering and die to pay the debt that you and I could not pay. What is that song now? He paid a debt. He paid a debt. He did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. You know the other words to it? I needed someone to wash my sins away. Now I sing amazing grace. Because he took my sins away. I'll make it up because he took my sins away. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? He paid a debt he didn't owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. But he came and he took our sins away. See, we, we, I think we, 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 you know, just like I, we, we don't even think about the seeds except get rid of them when we're eating the fruit. We don't, we, we need to start thinking about seeds. More seeds, how we live our life. When we give an offering, we should give it as a celebration to God of thanksgiving for what happened at the cross because there has no more to be a blood sacrifice Jesus was that blood sacrifice and so don't lightly just throw something in an offering or give it to someone begin to realize hey this money it's not just for me to live on 
See, there's some people that watch us and they, they don't ever think about sowing a seed in our ministry. And I'm, you know, I'm going to keep going whether they do or not. But you know what? If they begin to realize, hey, I watch this all the time. Pastor Don, you're my pastor. I want to sow a seed. And they say, well, I, they may say, well, my income is so small, it's so fixed. But if you just take a little of that seed, if they just take a little of that seed, a little of that seed, and plant it, it would die. And then sometime it would resurrect. And then it would multiply. I could tell you over and over again of people, people's life that have been changed because they learned the power of a seed. See, don't just lightly do something with your seed, but direct that seed for a particular need. Give that seed with a cheerful heart, celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ. When you sow or plant a seed, what it does is activate the power of God and bring into fruition. You know, a seed can lie dormant for years. And you know, your seed, I'm not trying to set you up for an offering here today. I'm just preaching the word. I'm just going to receive our tithes and offerings and, and that's it. So I'm not trying to preach a message to say I want 10 people to give $1,000 today. But until you plant your seed, it can't grow. That seed that I talked about that was 2,000 years old, was lying there and when it was found it couldn't do anything until it was planted. If you start planting regularly well I planted and I didn't see any return. You know what? I'm going to say something here. I don't know how this is going to come out because this is in my heart. We didn't want our son to die. We didn't want our son to get killed. It hurt us. But you know what we finally had to do? We had to give him up as a seed. When we let Jeff, our son Jeffrey, become a seed, that's when healing came. As long as we grieved, we couldn't find healing. But when we, even though that wasn't our choice for him to die and be killed, but we finally said, Lord, we're all going to heaven one day anyway. And I think sometimes maybe, I don't know, I've never said anything like this before. But I think sometimes when we have loss that we can't do anything about, instead of getting angry over the lost and wanting to fight, I mean, there's certain things you, we have laws and we need to do. But when you can't, when it's impossible for you to do anything, why don't you just say, well, Lord, I'm going to count that as a seed. Even though it was taken wrongfully from you. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm not a doctrinal person, but I just know for us, when I lose and there's nothing I can do about it, I just say, well, Lord, I'm going to count that as a seed. You know, when we gave our big building away, we had over $3 million in that building that we all gave. 
Well, the pastor, when he took the church, he come over to me and he, he was crying. He said, uh, you, you and your wife, you're not, you don't look, look unhappy. And he was crying and crying. He said, don't you feel bad? Don't you feel bad? We're taking your building. I said, why should I feel bad? You're the one that's got the $4 million debt. He said, but y'all have invested this, this. I said, you're exactly right. We invested. It's seed. So we sowed that seed when we give it to that other pastor in that church. And now today, I'm preaching to thousands of people at this moment, and I don't have a $37,000 a month mortgage payment. And I have beautiful people just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I want to come out there and hug and kiss every one of you. And beautiful people like you that's still with me, that's holding up my hands, that's helping me do what I'm doing. And some of you in the uh, internet audience is helping me do what I'm doing. Thank you for you that do that and sow your seed. So, if there's loss in your life, that there's no way that, no way possible that you can do something to get that seed back or get that back that was stolen. Lord, I'm, even though it may be whoever was wrong, when the man took our lot and did wrong, I sowed it as a seed. But God gave us our property back after five years. You know, your seed will defy all circumstances. That your seed doesn't determine what the stock market is doing. It doesn't read the newspaper. The seed doesn't know whether you're black or white or Korean, uh, African American, Indian, uh, Caucasian, Hispanic. The seed is a seed and it will produce. Amen? Amen. The seed is not political. The seed just does what it's supposed to do. In Genesis 26, we read about Isaac planting a seed in the time of famine. And look what God did. So your seed bring actions from God. I'm, I'm wrapping. <laughs> I'm wrapping up. Your seed brings action from God in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 8. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves what? A what? So every time we sow a seed, we should go back to the cross. Lord, I'm given this because of what you did at the cross. And direct that seed for something that you need. Maybe a family member. It may be it may be something that you need. So we've been directing our seed for a long time. And you know we get to places and sometimes, you know, when we change from the larger ministry to doing things the way we're doing, you know, there were several years that it was strictly really every day a walk by faith. But you know what? We never we never look back. We just counted everything as a seed. And God supplied our need. And I just told you about friends buying me and her beautiful things. We didn't ask them to. But they said, it's your birthday. 
We want to bless you on your birthday. Somebody else blessed me on my birthday. I mean, people just bless me. You know why? I plant seed. And I've been overseas many times and taken two or three pairs of shoes to wear, but see somebody and give them my shoes. <laughs> One time, I came back from Brazil and landed in New York, and I came barefoot. Because I gave my shoes away. She picked me up at the airport. Not in New York, but where my destination was. She picked me up at the airport. And, and um, I come and she said, she met me at the bag. She said, where's your bags? I said, I, I gave them away. I gave my underclothes away. They went my underclothes. I got them cleaned. But I gave my underclothes away. I gave my shirts away. I gave my shoes away. I gave my socks away. And I came back with just what I had on and socks. I bless somebody. Now, God is able to make all grace towards you that you have an all sufficiency and all things may have a abundance for every good work. See, God, God will take care of you if you will get this lack mentality out of your mind. See, some people watching me right now have got such lack till. This is all I get, Pastor Don. You don't understand. This is all I've got. This is all I get. I can't send any money. I'm not. All I'm saying is send somebody some money that's preaching the gospel. Whether you send it to me or not, sow a seed. Sow a seed. Sow a seed. Now let me move to a subject here. Think about how you treat older people. Think about how you treat older people. You know, people in their early 40s and stuff, sometimes they don't think about one day they're going to be in their 70s, 80s, and maybe 90s if Jesus doesn't come. They start making fun of older people. Oh, they're just old. They just can't hear good. They just can't do this. They just can't do that. Well, all of those things may be true, but one day they wasn't that way. <laughs> one day their memory was better. So I want you to really, everybody listen to me carefully. You said, but why? Because you're, 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 you're of age? See, I don't, I don't like the word old I don't mind the word age. I don't mind the word older. I don't mind the word experienced. I know I'm aged. I've lived 76 years. That's a long time. She looked at me and she said, you've lived a long time, Don. She said this to me on my birthday. I mean, in a nice way. She hadn't lived as long as I have, but that's okay. She's just two years behind me. <laughs> so she's not as old as I am, so everybody knows that. But again, I don't mind age, the word age. I don't mind, I don't mind the word experience or older. But I don't like old. Now there's some things that's old that's good. Old cheese is good. Aged cheese, it's, but it's aged cheese. So think about it. The cheese is better when it's aged. They tell me wine is better when it's aged. So we could get into this, but I want you to think about 
age is really something we should value. Not tear down and destroy, but we should protect aged people. Look at our nursing homes of how uh, families leave them to, to be without anything and just leave them there all alone. But I really want to encourage everybody that's listening to my voice wherever you may be in the world. Treat aged people the way you want to be treated when you become of age. There's one time uh, uh, I didn't realize this. And someone was having me to make some decisions for them. And I, probably one of my greatest regrets, and I don't live in regret because I preached about this. But probably one of my greatest regrets is uh, listening to these people and letting this person go. Because they had age. And, and, and I lived with guilt with that for a long time. Because I was doing what they wanted me to do instead of what I really wanted to do. But I didn't have the power to do it. But just because people are of age, don't make fun of them, but help take care of them. You know, I helped my mom and dad when they became aged. And my dad made some bad financial decisions and he, 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 he didn't make them intentionally bad he was trying to better his life but they turned on him it didn't do what he thought it would do so instead of criticizing my dad and my mom but my mom didn't make decision my dad did but instead of criticizing my dad I helped mom and dad I helped mom and dad I gave them I gave them money I, I gave them things I helped them and then I have a wonderful sister my wonderful sister that uh, took let her let mom and dad I bought mom and dad a mobile home and I put it on their property and my sister took care of them till my mom passed and then my dad uh, my, my sister took care of him and then finally moved moved as he got older into the house and then when he got to where uh, you know she just couldn't do it any longer she put him in a home and but she was there every day of her life I would fly from Dallas to go and take my dad and pick him up in the car and just spend two or three days with my dad just driving him around. Where do you want to go to dad? Where do you want to go to dad? Who do you want to go see? What do you want to talk about? My dad was 96 and I was still doing that. Going to see him, flying to see him in Tennessee or Georgia where he was and taking care of him. So folks, think about your seeds. Don't criticize people that are of age. I can't finish this, but Cheryl, go down to the last line. And I want you to think about this. I'll close with this thought. It's not what you gather, but what you scatter that tells what kind of life you have. It's not what you gather, but what you scatter that tells what kind of life you've lived. Wow. Is anybody here today? Yeah. Did you get something out of this today? Yeah. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love and your mercy. And even though I barely touched on the revelation of seed, I pray that someone somewhere, somehow, will realize if they'll turn loose of that seed, 
and plant that seed in good soil. If they will plant that seed in good soil, they can have 30, 60, and 100 fold return in many different ways. So I pray, Holy Spirit, today that everyone will become more conscious of their words, of their actions, their deeds, their attitude. Learn to tithe and give. Thank you, Lord, for touching every heart. Everybody pray this prayer. You in the audience and somewhere in the world, if you don't know Jesus, pray this prayer today. Dear Jesus, I come to you. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my wrong. Jesus, I make you Lord and Savior of my life. From this day on, I will serve you. By your grace, I will walk and live by faith. And I will be a seed sower. The seeds that I sow from today on, I'll do my best. To sow, to sow good ones. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen, amen. And amen. Now remember. A seed. Can't grow. Until it's planted. When you go in. I was going to go. But I didn't get a chance to the. Store and get some bags of seed. That bag of seed controls the destiny of that seed until it's broke open and put in the ground. Once that seed is put in the ground, the bag that those seeds are in no longer controls the destiny of that seed. As long as you keep your seed, that's all it's going to be. Whatever that seed is. Whatever that seed is. As long as you keep it. That's all it's going to be. But when you plant that seed. It dies. It resurrects. And it multiplies. That papaya. That I showed you today. All the seeds. You plant all those seeds. And look at the multitudes. Of papayas. That would grow. Let's determine today. Instead of criticizing our government on both sides of the fence. Instead of criticizing on both sides of the fence, let's pray for them on both sides of the fence. If we'll pray for them on both sides of the fence, then we have good seeds coming out of our mouth. But when we start criticizing them, oh, I don't like what New York did, and I don't mind speaking out, and that's not critical. That was not critical. That was bad seed that somebody decided to pass a law. That was a bad seed. And look what's going to happen now. All the babies that's going to be killed at that, that, that long, just, just before birth. Wow. Just before birth. Anyway, are you blessed today? Well, I think right now is a good time to sow seed. Wilson and Myrna would, uh, or uh, not Myrna, but uh, uh, Graciela, would you guys bring the offering containers up here and we're going to give her tithes and offerings. If you want to give online, you here in the church, if you want to give online, uh, there's how you can do it.
and uh, it doesn't matter to us one way or the other. Uh, I do like to see people bring, because the Bible said, bring your tithes and your offerings into the storehouse. And we say it each week. There's that address right down there where our post office box is for the church. And uh, you can send a, a, a piece of paper with your signature on it and put a mound on it. We'll take it to the bank. They call it a check. Very few people do that, but if you're one of the people that do that, uh, we still do that. Uh, we still do checks. So if you want to do that, we'll receive them. Anybody get blessed today? Amen. Well, you know what? I want to pray for everybody here today. Come on, bring your offerings. Come on, bring your offerings. And your tithe. And you that are viewing, you that are viewing just before we go, make sure you do your part. Come on, bring your offerings. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Chris. What you playing? Stand up and sing it, everybody. Come on. And now I see a brand new song. Amazing oh, thank grace. you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Christ oh. Jesus paid a debt oh, yeah. that I could never Sing it. Sing it, Rosa. Come on, everybody. Let's worship. I had a day I could not Worship, worship right now. Worship right now. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, I'm singing it. A brand new song. Oh, amazing grace. Amazing grace. Come on, worship everybody. have picked a better song Rosa you know just before I came up I was trying to think of what I wanted to close with on a song and I didn't know that song was going to come out of me while I was preaching see that's how the Holy Ghost will bring stuff up I didn't know that was going to come up it wasn't in my notes but and then she starts singing this song one more time for me
people that are sending emails and letters. Am I on? I can't hear myself. Okay. We pray over them in every service. This box is getting heavier with the needs. The biggest need that comes in, the greatest need that comes in is finances. That's our number one thing people ask me to pray over. Two, our relationships. And third is help. That's how I've looked at this over the years and watched it and it has not changed. It's still money, relationships, and help. Now some people don't ask for prayer for money, they don't, but when you categorize them in numbers, number one is money, number two is relationships, and number two is health, three is health. And I believe I've preached a message this morning that speaks to every one of those three needs. Luke tells us, treat people the way you want to be treated. Sometimes it's not easy to treat bad people, mean people, people that treated you bad. It's not easy to treat them the way you want them to treat you. But through God's grace, if we'll sow the right seed. New Ecclesiastes says there's a time to plant and there's a time to harvest. So if we'll keep planting the right seeds, even though bad things happen, there'll always be a harvest. Father, you see every person that's represented in this box. There are children that are lost. Some are in incarceration. Some are sick. Some are on drugs. Relationships broken. Some addicted to substance. Whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer. I asked right now, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing, blessings, and anointing flow. Complete deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Would you? Relationships broken, some addicted to substance. Whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer, I asked right now, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing, blessings, and anointing flow. Complete deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Would you?
to you that's watching. We want to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to ask our group to stay here one more time. And I'm going to ask relationships broken, some addicted to substance. Whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer. I asked right now, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing, blessings, and anointing flow. Complete deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Would you? To you that's watching, we want to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to ask our group to stay here one more time. And I'm going to ask relationships broken, some addicted to substance. Whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer, I asked right now, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing, blessings, and anointing flow. Complete deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Would you? To you that's watching, we want to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to ask our group to stay here one more time. And I'm going to ask relationships broken, some addicted to substance. Whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer, I asked right now Holy Spirit that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing blessings and anointing flow complete deliverance in Jesus mighty name amen and amen we'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise would you To you that's watching, we want to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to ask our group to stay here one more time. And I'm going to ask relationships broken, some addicted to substance. Whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer, I asked right now Holy Spirit that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing blessings and anointing flow complete deliverance in Jesus mighty name amen and amen we'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise would you 
to you that's watching, we want to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to ask our group to stay here one more time. And I'm going to ask relationships broken, some addicted to substance, whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer. I asked right now, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing, blessings, and anointing flow. Complete deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Good Jesus. To you that's watching, we want to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to ask our group to stay here one more time. And I'm going to ask relationships broken, some addicted to substance. Whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer, I asked right now Holy Spirit that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing blessings and anointing flow complete deliverance in Jesus mighty name amen and amen we'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise with Jesus To you that's watching, we want to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to ask our group to stay here one more time. And I'm going to ask relationships broken, some addicted to substance. Whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer, I asked. Right now, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing, blessings, and anointing flow. Complete deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Good Jesus. To you that's watching, we want to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to ask our group to stay here one more time. And I'm going to ask relationships broken, some addicted to substance. Whatever the needs are of these people, these precious people that have trusted me enough to send me a letter or an email and ask my prayer, I asked right now holy spirit that you will touch every person wherever they may be that's represented in this box by request that they've sent out to let healing blessings and anointing flow complete deliverance in jesus mighty name amen and amen we'll give jesus a hand clap of praise with jesus.
To you that's watching, we want to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to ask our group to stay here one more time, and I want to